fans and followers welcome to a mini episode of off the fucking rails with kim griffin today i am thrilled beyond measure and very excited to share with you my friend and your trusted associate producer jared alexander jared how are you today thank you for joining us I'm good. I'm so, so excited. Thank you for having me, Kim. And well, it's, to get started. it's a pleasure. Yeah, we wanted to make sure that those of you joining us on this weird little odyssey know who you're talking to and who you're dealing with. And more importantly for me, I want you guys to know who these artists and humans are. We will start in our series of questions, as we always do, with a little trip down memory lane to how we met. And Jared, I would love for you to answer this question. Yes. So Kim, I met at Point Park University when I was a junior in my acting program, and she was my Shakespeare teacher. I totally went in terrified of Shakespeare, but also like, who is this teacher? Because it was your first year too. I um, was the random new lady. <laughs> yes. But obviously from the first meeting, when we all just like sat down in a circle, I was like, this girl rocks. This is going to be the best semester ever. And That's it was. all it, it took, was, just sitting down face to face with you guys. It. Just seeing that face. <laughs> yeah. And I think one of the first things I said was like, I'm sorry if I look weird. I just had face cancer surgery. And everybody Literally. was like, <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, make a joke, make a joke, you're losing it. <laughs> no, but it was just, you know, it was refreshing to just like talk to someone who wasn't like, this is an acting class and we will learn the technique that will guide you to the rest of your life. And this is the secret knowledge that, you've, that mm. you're paying for. And instead it just came from, I don't know, just a fun place of like, we're all here to learn and get well, better. Well, and I think I also like... For me, coming into that space, I knew how many of you weren't, how many of the students, some were acting majors and some were musical theater majors. And so immediately Mm -hmm. from my own personal experience, I'm like, oh, that's going to give people bugaboos. There are going to be people who don't feel like they belong in this space or who have been told they will never get to do Shakespeare. My master's degree being in Shakespearean performance, so much of what we studied was the Elizabethan world, which as a microcosm is like actually a great way to look at what theater can mean, who it's for and who it serves. And for me, the more that I learned about Shakespeare, the clearer it was that these stories are all of ours. They are, yes, they were written in a white space and probably performed by white people, but also like we can't ever look back on those limitations or ridiculousnesses (laughs) to base our future art on because I would never be able to be in a Shakespeare play just as much as you wouldn't, right? Like for various reasons. And so it was just really, really valuable to me to bring that truth into the space and to invite all of you into the reality that you already had all of that inside of you. And I think like for me, one of the reasons I would consider the moment we met actually to be the moment that I remember really connecting with you in class the first time, which our first project <laughs> was hmm. we, we read King John and I love that play. And it's, I, I chose it very specifically because it's unknown and it's weird mm-hmm. and it's also short and fast. <laughs> and I made you guys do kind of group scenes and create your own kind of dramaturgy packets, which I think, was that something that you guys have been asked to do before? Do you remember? No, uh, with musical theater, we would like pick a role and do a show and do dramaturgy like that, but yeah. nothing, no, nowhere near as creative or or fun. And 
Well, I just remember so clearly, you know, you really, you really hooked in at that moment and you brought one of your sound textures was the song Super Rich Kids by Frank Ocean. <laughs> and I remember playing it and I like you kind of giving me this timid look like, is this really like, did I stretch it way too far? Like, is this bonkers? <laughs> and I think I probably said something totally like offensive and ridiculous, but super excited. Like my dick! Because <laughs> like, yes. I was just so, I was so thrilled because you had done it. You had unlocked your access and reality to that seemingly distant, completely separate world. Moving into the questions, yeah. can you tell me a little bit about your astrological profile? What is yes. your sun sign? My sun is in Gemini, Ooh. June 4th. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, definitely I'm into a lot of things at once. I can juggle a lot. Communication is is everything. <laughs> is your superpower? Yeah. Okay. So you you're a fabulous Gemini rising or a Gemini yes. sun sign. What's your rising sign? My rising is Taurus. Taurus. Okay. So, yeah, that's definitely cool. what um my journey's you, all you about. You can't see Jared right sure now, but he's giving us a little bit of that um, <laughs> gritted teeth emoji, sucking in some air through the teeth. Yeah. some internal truths maybe to share with us. <laughs> totally. I mean, being an air sign, obviously I'm very much up here, but like mm -hmm. I'm really finding that my whole journey is about grounding myself really because of my rising. It's just like everything from, again, pages, meditation, mm -hmm. yoga, stuff like that, because I can just stay in that place where I'm just all over the place thinking about yeah. 5 million different things. But I also think that that is how I connect with a lot of people too, because mm -hmm. I think I can really ground in my communication and ground in my conversation. 100%, I would say. Yes, that's been my experience of you. And then what is your moon, love? Leo. So I got what? some- What? A sun yeah. moon? No mm -hmm. wonder. Earth, fire, and air. Yes. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. It's um, definitely interesting. And I think that just plays into, with my communication, how passionate I can, I can get about certain things. Um, mm -hmm. Definitely very expressive. What do you consider yourself to be really passionate about? Mm. I would say story mm -hmm. um, in every sense of the word, down from when I was a little kid watching cartoons or the shows I'm obsessed with. Like I definitely, um, in my own life, in my own writing, through acting and what I take in, it's just mm -hmm. all about what is this saying? What more can I learn? Um, yeah. And that's definitely what I'm most passionate about. And I feel like I see it in little things. Even if I'm obsessed with a show or a singer, like I go full in for a yeah. week. It's all I'll yeah. listen to, all I'll take in, all I'll watch, all I'll quote, all I'll post. <laughs> the next week it's something else. Great. That's so Gemini. I love that. I love that so much. I mean, and I, well, you know, I have a Gemini rising, so I yes. relate. Mm -hmm. uh, the communicator, the mercurial back and forth twin. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's why I have such a, now that I'm okay with plurality and duality and the fact that many things can be true at once, <laughs> I feel mm -hmm. more at peace with my Gemini-ness. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. this is actually like helping me to get a handle on like yeah. whatever it oh, is. Totally. Yeah. And I, um, I find too, even in my communication, like I'll I hate to say devil's advocate because it's definitely not like that, but I just love debate and I love just getting through the nitty gritty of things and seeing different sides, which I think sometimes can lead to sometimes conversations, but I can always keep it light at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And moving into the awkward questions, mm -hmm. would you care to answer any of the following and or all of them? We would like to know uh, in an effort to make people more comfortable talking about things we've all been told are inappropriate and in an effort to normalize conversations about finances and the realities of different economic situations for people based on a variety of criteria. 
we're asking the following questions. Would you be willing to share A, what you pay in rent and where you live? B, your FICO credit score? C, how much debt you carry? I'd like to answer A. Fabulous. Um, Thank you so much for being willing to share that information with us. We know it's sensitive. So I'm located in New York City and I paid about $900 in rent to live in a three bedroom in Harlem. Okay. Plus utilities? Plus utilities. Yes. So that would be cable and electricity. Didn't have to pay for water. See, that's one of the great things too out here in LA. You've got water, trash, gardener. I mean, if you, Mm -hmm. depending. Yeah. And I just think um, that's something that's become really important to me growing up where I did. It's really hard still sometimes for me to rationalize choices that I've made because Mm -hmm. I live in a really different market and economic world than most of my family of origin. And I think it really clouds our perception when we imagine that everybody has the same given circumstances and or expectations uh, being placed by where they live. I think that that's one of the problems. So I just thought maybe we can keep it in our our conversation. Thanks so much for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I also think it's less weird for your generation, certainly, I hope, uh, mm-hmm. and a little less for mine to talk about money, but it was such a strong learning growing up. You don't ask yeah. about money, you don't talk mm-hmm. about money. Yeah. And in actuality, we all have money problems. <laughs> We're a country yeah. faced with a massive, massive debt issue. And, you know, it's just... Definitely not uh, easy to make it to the end of the month, that's for sure. Right. Or the um, week. <laughs> right, exactly, depending on the week, especially the weeks at the end of the month. All right, and I would oh, the last question that I would love to know, I think that we are all survivors, and I think that we all, there are a million different ways that we can categorize that. If you were to point to what got you your membership card to the Survivors Club, what would you, would you, what would you phrase? For example, you know, like I have friends who are part of the Dead Moms Club. I'm part of mm-hmm. the Cancer Survivors Club, <laughs> Yeah, I would say definitely not dead, but just like the no dad club, you know, and I think that it definitely happened really young for me, but it's still, I can see in patterns in my life that it's definitely just the whole part of my journey. 100%. Just tough, but really, really a big part of me that Mm -hmm. I'm also proud of, if that can even make sense. Yes. No, that makes total sense. And I was actually going to say, I think that these things that we know are limitations or, you know, like they also come, we are, I think, moving to a place, or at least I am, where I am very proud of the things that I've survived. Yeah. Um, Not like I want to wish them on other people or (laughs) I want to live them again, but (laughs) I think that they do give, they do give us touch points, right? Like for, for things that we want to show up and do ways that we want to contribute or do better or whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. So I've been loving your social media, Instagram feed. You are like such a delight on Instagram. (laughs) Can you talk to us just a little bit about like, what are, what are your guilty pleasure? What are you doom scrolling these days? What's giving you life? Like who are your favorites? Yes. So I would say my one of my guilty pleasures right now that's been a guilty pleasure of my whole life is um showing my boyfriend Buffy the Vampire Slayer which is just my favorite show in the whole world and there's something just so we've talked about this a bit just like intimate about showing someone your favorite TV show that mm-hmm. i think is a relatively new thing considering streaming and just the history of television like it's very intimate and you have very strong feelings and you've lived with like Buffy's a show that has I really do feel has come to me at specific checkpoints in my life where I needed to lean on it so yeah. it's really fun to just like watch him experience it and like try to keep my mouth shut <laughs> and not <laughs> spoil anything or 
try not to project how he should feel about Angel. I should just let him right. experience it. Oh so. man, we're we're leading double lives here, audience. I have been. I just did the same thing. I invited my dear husband to watch the first episode of Felicity with me, yes. which is a show that means so much. I was so nervous, and now you know I am happy to say we're moving right into season two. Made it mm -hmm. through the haircut and everything. Um, yes. But yeah, that was like he was like, oh no, and I was like, don't tell him how to feel about the haircut. Don't tell him. <laughs> and then he said the same thing Noel said, which he also said to me, coincidentally, in our kitchen about my short haircut. It'll grow mm. out. I was like, she doesn't need to grow it out. Don't tell her. It's oh, perfect. Oh, she's beautiful. Yeah. Exactly. I totally yes. get it. It is. Yeah. It's like giving someone your favorite book or taking yeah, like a weird, to, yeah. Ugh, it's a weird peek into yourself. That's, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it I'm inviting you to, to look at what makes me tick, what turns me mm -hmm. on, what, mm -hmm. where I feel safe being vulnerable and, yeah, it's it's really that can be really nerve wracking. Yeah. For you, how's Chaz doing? Can. Does he does he like it? He he loves it, and okay, he's good. so so he's a comedian, so he's just really enjoying the show's just so funny and so mm -hmm. well written that like he's just really enjoying the metaphors and the writing. Um, I do wish I was with him. Because of course now I just like try and text every couple minutes just to be like see where he's at. What, what we just what exactly did, did, or sometimes did you drop we'll it yet? zoom, <laughs> but we we make it work. Wait, you guys don't Netflix party? Is it on Netflix? It's on Hulu, which oh, they just fuck. dropped Hulu party. They did. Which is exciting, I think. Yeah, but it's Have only you done on. It yet? No, I haven't, and oh, we man. need to. The thing is, we watch on our TVs, and it's easy yeah, to yeah, do it yeah. on your computer. Yeah, but it is. we really there are some some episodes that I'm I'm just gonna have to do that <laughs> with it. It's yeah. I mean, I we just I just got introduced to Netflix Party, obviously during Corona. I I think it existed before, but I yeah. had no idea what it was. I didn't really have a need for it at the time. My dear, wonderful friend Liz Jenkins, who I hope will join us uh, soon to talk mm -hmm. and share her magicalness, hosts something oh, every couple months called Bad Movie Brunch, where she finds what we watched two weeks ago was the one with uh. God, was it Neil Long and oh, I can't remember just bad movies bad Netflix yeah. rom-com or you Love know it. thrillers not rom-coms they're, yes. they're always it's and it's <laughs> awful it's like the worst possible things I hesitate to even talk about this because on some level I'm like Ugh. but we love it <laughs> nice and it's little just palate cleanser well exactly it's like eight women and the chat the whole time is like oh this bitch is about to die or it's like yes. oh look out he's behind you Oh, I know, you know, and it's, it's just, yeah. there's nothing, I, I'm so glad that we're finally, I don't know, that we have these ways to kind of be together without being yeah, together. Um, totally. And I know that they're not the same, but mm -hmm. hopefully who, you got to give us a report back on Hulu Party. Oh, you absolutely. might want to be our sponsors, Jared. I know. I think definitely Hulu Party. <laughs> Hulu Party. Yes. Exactly. I think... We can release our mini episodes on Hulu and everybody yes. can have Hulu parties and talk about how They can see are. us in our yellow shirts. It'll be great. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, oh, and um, then also, Days we wear yellow. <laughs> you, because you said doom scrolling, and I was like, I guess I'm just always looking at stuff on Instagram. But I'm obsessed with, and I don't know if you've seen, but Z Way on Instagram, who's been doing these live shows. She's this comedian. Um, and she, have you seen? No, no. Oh I gosh. love the comedians that are bold enough that are doing the live she shows. Is, like Cameron Esposito's been rocking Zoom shows. Melvin, you have to. I'm going to send it to you. Please, and we can thank hopefully you. put it on our our pod stuff too. But yes. it is, I just want to double check the. Yep. So it's Zway F is the handle, but she has every Thursday night. She has she goes live with two people, and she's a comedian. But she basically interviews people about 
race, it, it all kind of started around all the energy around the Black Lives Matter movement in June. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it is With all the rest of the shitstorm that we need, but it's like so much. Yes, yes. Yes. Good, she asks awesome. really fun, dynamic questions, and she got Alyssa Milano on there. It's been really, really Fucking Alyssa Milano is no joke, dude. No that joke. bitch... And I mean, sorry, I still use that word and I'm trying to strike it. From my, I've, I've, I worked really hard to like reappropriate that from a place of power for myself. And I yeah. it's, it's hard. That's one of those mm-hmm. things. It's hard. That lady is no joke. Oh yeah. She, remember watching her in the Brett Kavanaugh hearing and being like, yes. she's there. Mm-hmm. With those glasses. She was ready. With her go. hate face. I love, I just love. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We've talked about doom scrolling, but we haven't talked about one of the most important things. I And actually, this is actually needs to be said if people are going to understand why you're here with me and why I invited you to help me do this. Jared was the first student that I, I think I'm crediting you with this, but I don't know if you're actually the one that asked me in class. Uh, and I had him <laughs> mm-hmm. in the year leading up to the 2016 election, the fall previous. You were the first person in class that sort of asked me, if I recall, the question was, where should we even be looking for news? How do we know Mm -hmm. who to trust? What do we do? No, you know, because I was really pushing um, to make connections between the Shakespeare that we were working on and the current, Mm -hmm. what, because it's always applicable and possible. Uh, And it was really disheartening to me how few of you, also not dissimilar to my own experience as a college student, which should be acknowledged. It was really disheartening how few of the students in the room had any awareness or any sense of what to look for or where. And so that was a moment for me as a professor where I said, well, I can do one of two. I I was very scared because I also, I think, and I think I said, like, I don't want to get in trouble because I was new. (laughs) (laughs) No one, literally no one told me anything. They were like, great, here, we'll send you a postcard. This is the room. Bye. And I was like, all right, well, I guess you trust me, which is exciting. Um, I'll be a questionable. And I I sort of went through and I like, I think I pulled my phone out and showed you on Twitter, like, Mm -hmm. you know, these are the reputable news sources. This is, these are their shortcomings. These are the ones that skew left. These are the ones that skew right. These Mm -hmm. are sort of notorious, notoriously problematic. But if you want to follow them, I just would encourage you to check it against Reuters or the AP or BBC. And like, how, what was that like for you in that moment? Do you remember that moment? Was that- I do. I remember it vividly. And I think it, it was just, um, like I said before, you just created a space where we were able to ask those questions and really learn that the world that we live in is the same in which the world that we're acting in. Mm-hmm. And it just was really nice to just be able to turn to you and just ask because it really was just such a, and again, that was leading up to the first presidential election I ever voted in. Yeah. Uh, that we all, most of us most in that class right. voted in. So it just was a really, really instrumental, I think for a lot of us. And I think that it's interesting to see that now I wonder how that conversation would be just because a good thing that's coming out of social media, I think, is just how these apps are being used now in terms of resources. And I can't imagine had I been a junior now, I think the conversation might have been a little different because just because yeah. I think people are exposed to so much more important, vital information that should be out there. Well, and I, yes, I think a huge a huge part of that is what's what's been unfortunately necessary in terms of resistance to the Trump administration having Mm -hmm. to really organize and dig deep into grassroots and and what we're seeing, especially on Instagram, which I hate to 
it's also, also, it's hard to like, in my brain, I'm still able to separate it from Facebook, even totally. though like they're the same thing, but it's fine. They're not <laughs> technically, even though they are, it's fine. Um, yeah. But but what we're seeing in terms of utilizing visualization, graphic aids, voter aids, progressive voter guides, you know, when we vote here in Los Angeles, there are a couple, you know, I follow Momtivist, I follow you know, whatever, a couple of specifically helpful local accounts that guide you through who all of the nominees are and what they do. I also think that when we look at Gen Z and the even younger cohort that's coming up who are about to vote in their first election and all of that, I think about what they've been, how different their experience is because of what their parents have been put through and what they've seen their family, you know, like they've seen their moms reacting to Kavanaugh, they've seen whatever it is, they've, they have immigrants in their family or are immigrants, that is going to shape their relationship and inform them so much earlier that this matters and is pertinent. And I think one of the, I'm so glad that I said something in that moment when you asked me, even though I was afraid, because mm -hmm. that is another mistaken belief that we were all brought up is it's not okay to talk about politics. It's not, you know, and there's a huge difference between what I sometimes do on Twitter, which is going guns blazing to like ridiculous conversations with probably bots, <laughs> like an idiot, like it's, gonna, you yeah. know, like, and, and that's, I think everybody engages in <laughs> questionable internet behavior but yeah. in real life we have to be willing to talk about these things and we have to be willing to share what's important with us you know and i think Absolutely. that's something i've learned as a result of having kids with special needs and as a result of growing up and finding myself uh living below the poverty line and utilizing public assistance so much is that not talking about these things does not help anyone yeah. it doesn't fix anything it doesn't save anyone and doesn't make life easier it actually doesn't make us more comfortable. Yep. We think that, but it keeps us separate, which is, you know, I think about, I was not teaching you when Trump was elected, but we both, I, I taught the day after the election, or I was supposed to, and I was devastated. And I texted my class and I told them all that we were going to meet at Starbucks to sort of just process because I didn't want to fucking do Shakespeare scenes, whatever the fuck we were supposed to be doing. <laughs> no. No, they didn't. We all were sad. And yep. somebody got a text. I want to say it was from you, but I don't know. And found out that there was a love march uh, down at the point. Mm -hmm. We all met up probably, what, 150, 100 people? I don't know. Yeah. It was a. It felt a like a really big, big group mm -hmm. of very, you know, mostly students. I actually don't know if there was any other faculty there. I think you might I have don't been care. the only teacher. <laughs> I don't care. Um, because I went, I took my entire class. I said, you can either like go rest or be sad somewhere else, fucking smoke a bowl in your dorm room and like commiserate mm -hmm. with somebody on the phone, or you can come march and yell and hold hands and scream. And we joined up, and I remember you were there. I remember holding hands with mm -hmm. you in the street, and I remember yeah. hugging, and I just, this tremendous outpouring and knowing that like there was space for all of us to be upset about what yeah. had happened was really different if that felt different it you know if totally i look different. back i don't think that felt different in, in a good way on you know november 9th or whatever it was <laughs> but now i can look back and go that was that was a positive shift that was like yeah. moving in a good direction love it wins all we all it really day. was i remember seeing you and just being like yeah we're we're here but it's not over. Mm -hmm. And that was really important because I could have spent the day in my bed, which I wanted to, but 
It really was a really, really special day. Special shitty. Especially shitty. We got through it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we don't have to do that again. And we will. Yes, I was going to say. It's November. Yeah. Well, the whole reason that I was going to bring this up, silly me, is because we haven't even gotten to talk about Kamala Harris yet. Oh, oh my God. I mean, I... I think it's so great to just be happy for a second. And I think yeah. that there is, there's already, I think, such wonderfully nuanced conversation about how mm -hmm. our politicians aren't perfect and we can really hold them to a higher standard and really talk about their record. And I think that's so important. But I think it felt nice to just collectively be like, okay, this is what we're doing. Let's go. And to just appreciate the historic moment that it was, um, even yeah. just for one day, I think is, I think is really, really important. So I'm fired up. Let's I go. I think she's a, real force to be reckoned with and i have been really impressed by and inspired by the way that i think she has grown a lot and changed a lot even in just this past year i mean i've been a fan of hers for some time um yeah. i was certainly not i wasn't going to vote for her for president like that was mm -hmm. i was i was an elizabeth warren person for being yes. honest still am. <laughs> that's fine which again like once it was joe i had a day of like being sad and mm -hmm. i kept that to myself because it doesn't fucking matter because yes, I will vote yes. for Joe Biden. And yes. yes, Joe Biden can be problematic as can Kamala Harris, as was Barack Obama. You want to mm -hmm. fucking talk about, I fucking yep. loved Barack. I had a yep. fucking poster of him in my kitchen for five <laughs> years. And you know what? Yep. He deported more Americans than any sitting president. Yep. Okay. He has one huge piece of everything that we're seeing with the Trump administration. Absolutely. And, and I've never once pretended that isn't so. Yeah. However, I can't go back in time and slap Barry in the face and be like, when are you talking about this? Yeah. I can totally. deal with it now and I can pay more attention, right? And I think that was those of us who were activated and were like, what is the message when Trump got elected? It was, mm -hmm. don't go back to sleep, dumbass. Yeah. Stay in the game. Absolutely. We were Keep almost a little attention. too comfortable. I keep yeah. saying 100%. I'm annoyed by myself. But yes, yes. <laughs> but way true. too comfortable, complacent, and complicit. Well, I think that's something too, and that's kind of the temperature of the conversation I've been able to see online, is that it's a good thing for us to have candidates that we don't necessarily align with 100%, but know that we can, as a people, demand more from them, and they'll actually hear us. And I think right. that that is what is at stake right now. Well, and if is we, that we want to be a functional democracy, as opposed to this busted-ass, petulant version <laughs> of Karen America that we're living in, yeah. I think it's vital for all of us to go, well, I'm not thrilled with this. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, it's the first time I ever fucking paid attention and voted. Yeah. I guess I need to stay involved. I guess maybe I need to go to more forums or webinars. Maybe I need to run, you know, like yeah. there, there is, there are so many ways to participate and be engaged and to throw up a fit, throw a little fit and run away when it doesn't work out. That's kind yeah. of what got us here, you know, Absolutely. that kind of, you know. I'm loath to say, but I will, that kind of boomer mentality of like, well, if you're going to take my job, then I guess I just don't have a job. You just yep. took it from me and I'm well, fucking dude. I don't know what to tell you. Like science kept progressing. Yep. Learn exactly. another skill. Guess what I'm doing over here at 37 mm -hmm. with no savings. Thank you. boomers. Yep. Considering we inherited a shitty economy and no mm -hmm. real estate. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sing it, Jared. But, yes. 
Yeah, and I don't know if you got to see too, but there's a great post on Instagram, if everyone would like to see, um, that Ava DuVernay shared. This is, was yesterday. I read that it, this morning. Yep. Yes. It is a prayer. It is a psalm. I think it everyone is. should it read is. it to themselves every day. We'll put that, we will put that we'll in let you guys read Insta. it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's beautiful and it's very thorough. And and that's right. It's If you don't like how this works, stick around. Keep voting. Participate. Yep. Yep. Don't be, and, and that goes for all of us. I had to give myself this talking to. Believe you me. Yeah. I was the first person I shoved a finger in the face of like, what? Um, yeah. You know, I mean, and, and there, that's the thing is that when it doesn't go your way, there's always a lesson. It, it can be an invitation to grow. And that's what mm-hmm. it used to be. Uh, and I think we can go back to that. I, I'm really hopeful that. I think so too. You know, things will move in a direction where we can do that. All right. Moving into our bit at the bitter end. What would your, if you were going to deliver a call to action for our listeners today, what would that be? And is there a way that we can facilitate that? And is there an artist? Yeah, I'm really into right now. I just pulled up my Apple Music so I can see. It's actually a song by a former Point Park student who was a year below me, who was in Marquia and Allison's class, Sage Smith, but she's in a band. Called Samurai Velvet, and the music is so good. So if you go, it's Samurai Velvet, two words. I think in terms of a call to action, though, I for sure would want to highlight Stacey Abrams' Fair Fight, which I think is really important, and I myself have been doing a lot of research on just considering not just for this election, but for forever, the rest of history that 100%. we have to keep fighting yeah. so that people can vote because yes. there are some serious, it is there's some magic the tricks going one. on. Uh-huh. There's some weird, weird stuff going on in really important places. And she is doing such amazing work and you can donate even if you just have a dollar and you can also sign up to volunteer. Mm-hmm. And we really can, we really can fight this and actually move around these terrible systems that are keeping people from voting. Have you volunteered with Fair Fight? I have not. I've donated, but I have not volunteered yet. I think it's really exciting to me I would. I was really uh, involved with our our um, city council elections and some other local elections that have happened out here. And it's so easy these days to get linked up with whichever organization, whether it's Fair Fight, whatever cause you're attached to. There is a high probability that there's an organization that you can contact a person who's in charge, that you can get linked up, and that you can even from your house, text people all day in Mm -hmm. Valdosta, Georgia or wherever and say, Hey there, I'm Jared. I just wanted to check in and whoever, you know, like obviously Jared knows how this works, but, um, but it's something I was astonished. I sat at a friend's house for five hours and I just called people in Florida and checked in to see like, do you know when your election is? Do are you planning to vote? Are you planning to vote for my candidate? No. Okay. That's all right. We just want you to vote because the truth Mm -hmm. is we, we need, that is the most crucial component is that people have to have easy, safe access to their right to vote. And we need to do everything in our power to protect voting rights, especially for the most marginalized people of color. People in the South are really in a lot of danger this year. So humans, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a real pleasure of mine to introduce you to the lovely Jared Alexander. His assistance and spirit are a real benefit to my life and work. And I hope that you will take some time to pop on over to any of his various internet homes. Can you read your handles for us and say a parting wish? On Instagram, I am at the Jared Alex. 
And on Twitter, I am at Hey with two Y's, H-E-Y-Y. It's Jared. And I'm so excited to go on this journey with you, Kim, and with all of our listeners. It's really awesome to meet you. And we're in for a wild ride. Wild ride. All right. Thank you, everyone. We will be back with more another time. Off the beaten trail.